Gretchen Rubin is synonymous with happiness. She's done the research, the project, the books, and the podcast about how to be happy. But a few years ago, she started to notice that she was feeling stuck in her own head, disconnected from people and herself. Well, Gretchen came to her senses by paying more attention to her senses using research and personal observations. She discovers how slowing down and relearning how to see, smell, touch, hear and taste the world around us can increase energy and connect with the things most important to us. Her new book is called Life in Five Senses, How Exploring the Senses Got Me Out of My Head and Into the World. Gretchen Rubin is with us now. Hi. I'm very happy to be talking to you. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think we're all, well, we all take things for granted uh, until we get a wake-up call. What was your wake-up call? Well, I had a bad case of pink eye or conjunctivitis, um, and I went to the eye doctor, and as I was walking out, he said to me uh, very casually, like, be sure to wear your sunscreen or be sure to drink enough water. He said, be sure to come back for your checkup because, as you know, you're more at risk of losing your vision. And I I said, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about that. And he said, yes, you're extremely nearsighted, which means you're more at risk of having a detached retina. And that if that happens, we would want to catch it right away because it could it could affect your vision. And I had I have a friend who had lost some of his sight to a detached retina. So that felt very real to me. And, you know, often I think we don't appreciate what we have until we lose it or we fear we might lose it. And and of course, I know I would, could have a rich, full, meaningful life even if I lost mm. some of my senses. But still, just this this realization that um, I might lose some of my sight. I, I walked out onto the street and I was looking around at the cityscape around me. I live in New York City and I thought, this all is so precious to me, but I didn't notice one thing on my way over. I was so stuck in my head. I did not notice one detail. Um, And as I was realizing that, it was like every knob in my head got jammed up to 11. And I could see everything with crystal clarity. I could hear every sound on a separate track. I could smell every smell. And New York City can be quite smelly. (laughs) I could smell, you know, it was all just flooding in for my whole walk home. So for 20 minutes, I was in this like transcendent state. It was almost psychedelic. And I thought, but the thing is, there's nothing special except that I'm paying attention. This is all happening all the time. I'm just missing out. And I, you know, I've been studying happiness for a long time. And I re- I was feeling like there was something that I was missing, some puzzle piece. And this showed it to me. This walk home showed it to me. I needed to connect with my five senses as a way to connect with myself and other people and the world. Yeah. In fact, you say you didn't want to overhaul your life just to transform your ordinary day. Um, And I wonder if that's a lesson in in not underestimating the power of small things. Well, absolutely. And I have to say in all my work, I'm very focused on like, well, what could the ordinary person do Hmm. tomorrow morning without taking a lot of time, energy or money, without leaving their normal routine? Um, Because I, I love stories of people going on, you know, huge treks and <laughs> month-long silent meditation retreats and and giant transformations but that's not really what appeals to me and it's not even really practical for me um so i'm always looking for ways to to make change within just the ordinary limits of my day yeah 
And is that hard with your senses? Because I suspect, and I've heard before actually, that our brains crave novelty, that they've actually learnt to tune out the smells and sounds around us. Well, you're exactly right. And that's one of the most fascinating things about studying the senses. So on the one hand, the brain, you're exactly right, creates craves novelty. And in the end, when we want to have an interesting experience, we almost always reach for something new. And and the fact that new things capture our, our attention is like what drives fashion and music and, and clothing and mm. Um, because we love the new. On the other hand, we also love the familiar because it's easier. Mm-hmm. So the brain is constantly looking for the shortcuts. And we tend to like things better as they become slightly more familiar. Like the first time you try a new food or the first time you hear a song, you know, you might not like it as much as you learn to like it as it becomes more familiar. Sure. So this tension between familiarity and novelty is something that is we're always cycling through with the brain. But when it comes to the five senses, um, you're exactly right. The brain is looking for change because change often means opportunity or danger. So if a, if a rock is flying through the air, you're going to notice it. If a rock <laughs> is on the ground, you might not notice it. Um, and it, But it's very funny to realize what extent this is true. So, for instance, you can't smell your home the way a guest yeah. smells it. <laughs> your brain will not tell you that there's a smell because you don't need to know that. It's so familiar. Whereas I could be, my eyes could be watering because it smells so much like air freshener or cologne or what, or cats or whatever. I would be experiencing that very strongly. You would not perceive it at all. Or like I live in New York City and, you know, like now we're, we're always on Zoom and, and everything. And I, sometimes people will be like, oh my gosh, that's siren. And I think I didn't even notice the <laughs> siren. I hear sirens all the time. My brain doesn't tell me. Yeah. And somebody said to me, oh, yeah, New York City, they don't hear sirens. In Los Angeles, they don't hear helicopters because it's so so common. And so because the brain just doesn't put doesn't tell us about that because we because it's so familiar. Uh, you have a quiz to help identify yes. your most neglected sense. We've got a link to it on our website. What sort of feedback do you get when you when you know which sense you are neglecting? Does it explain a lot in your life? Yes. So when you take this, what's your neglected sense quiz, it'll tell you which sense is the one that you most neglect of the five. And um, this is a really useful thing to know about yourself. Because with so because most of us have senses that we appreciate more. Mm. And when we appreciate them, we try to learn about them and we connect with people through them. And we're interested in having adventures with them. And we turn the, to them for comfort and pleasure. We use them to evoke memories and to connect with the past um, because we appreciate them. Like I, I love the sense of smell. So I do all kinds of things with the sense of smell with your neglect. But the reason that it's especially useful to know your neglected sense. Um, and again, this quiz is like nine. It's nine questions. It's it's a really fun quiz to mm. take. It's free. Uh, GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. Um, when you know this, you know, the low hanging fruit, because this is an area where you typically aren't looking to have adventures with it. You're not using it to connect with other people. You're not trying to learn more about it. You know, the more we know, the more we notice. And so by learning more about something, you're probably going to enjoy it more. You're not using it for comfort or pleasure. You might be more focused on avoiding the negative of that sense than on taking advantage of the positive of that sense. So this is a place where there's a lot you can do because you're not already tapping into it. With the things you appreciate, you're already bringing those into your life. But with a neglected sense, 
often when I talk to people, if I, if once they think, oh, wow, I neglect my sense of hearing, what could I do to, to have more fun, more pleasure, more connection, more comfort with my sense of hearing? You know, we're also familiar with our five senses. This usually it's pretty easy to come up with ideas that we're really excited about. It's not, it's not so unfamiliar or so abstract that you're like, well, I don't know what to do with that information. Usually people are like, oh, I've always meant to try a sound bath or I want to create a playlist of my favorite songs from childhood or like they quickly can generate ideas that they're very enthusiastic about as ways to connect with their most neglected sense. Your most neglected was taste. Uh, how did yes. you use vanilla and ketchup to get back on track? Oh, well, yes, I did so much to tap into the sense of taste because by the way, taste is, is, is one of the most appreciated. When you look at what are most appreciated, <laughs> It's taste and hearing. So yeah, which are my most neglected. So I'm I'm kind of off of the norm. Um so what like with vanilla and ketchup, I picked those two because they are sort of synonymous with things that are so familiar that they are bland. They kind of stand for blandness or hmm. not even caring. But when you look at vanilla and ketchup, the reason that they are so ubiquitous and so um taken for granted is that they are so powerful like vanilla is a you know it's a taste enhancer it's actually a smell not a taste um it's uh it's it adds so much it adds depth it adds roundness it adds creaminess it's wonderful um ketchup if you take heinz ketchup um just kind of standard table ketchup it's one of the rare items that has all five tastes sweet huh. sour bitter umami and what did I miss? Salty. Um, and that's very hard to do. Um, it's hard to get three. It's really hard to get four. To get all five is very hard. And if you just try ketchup just a little bit on your tongue, you'll realize how complex it is. There's a reason that it's so popular and it's an ingredient in so many foods. Um, so while these, uh, I had just taken these very familiar tastes for granted when I really studied them, I realized how powerful they were, they were. And then also just sort of studying the mechanics. Here's one thing um, that I, you know, I think some people intellectually realize that taste and smell are very, are very closely connected. We need smell if we're going to experience flavor. Mm. Flavor is taste plus smell. But if you just taste, taste, take something like a jelly bean, you plug your nose, you put the jelly bean in your mouth, you'll just taste sweet. And then when you unplug your nose, you'll get all like a rich hit of complex flavors. And so it's just funny to realize, you know, this is something that we've been doing every day our whole lives. And yet we might not, at least I wasn't familiar with just like the kind of rude mechanics of it. Yeah. And, and it's not just about food. The taste and smell are so connected to memory, aren't they? Mm, yes. Now, one of the things that I did for taste that it was so enjoyable um, was I made a taste timeline. So I divided my life into sort of chapters and then I picked out the most memorable associations and memories I had for each of those periods of my life. And this was so helpful in evoking memories, like the things I ate in childhood, the things I ate in college. Um, and uh, when my children were little, like what were the flavors and, and what were the tastes that I really remember? So it brought, it evoked memories, it brought just flooding back. But then I would like, I called my sister because of course my taste memories are her taste memories because we were children together. Yeah. And we had so much fun just remembering, like, what did we eat on long, long car trips? And what would our grandparents, like all the junk food our grandparents would buy for us that our parents would never buy for us? And, you know, I, it would just, it was, it was a great way to connect 
through memory. Um, I called my college roommates and we talked about all the things that we ate during college. And again, it's it's we didn't even need to go out and find those things and taste them. It was just remember just remembering them was enough to evoke um, like very, very strong associations and and to really strengthen the connections I felt with those people. Talking to Gretchen Rubin about happiness, her new book is called Life in Five Senses, How Exploring the Senses Got Me Out of My Head and Into the World. What do you think Andy Warhol meant when he said nobody really looks at anything, it's too hard? Well, that, that, I think about that all the time. What did he mean by that? But I think it's true. I think to really stand there and look at something is very hard. It's very, it's just very hard not to space out, get up in your head, think about your to-do list, move on, but to just stay still and really look at something I have that is one thing where I realize I have gotten much better since I've written Life in Five Senses is I will often just stand and look at something. Um like I I was standing in front of a lilac bush um and I was just really 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 tried to look at it and um I know that 2 years ago 3 years ago I really wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> funny as that is to say. Yeah. In fact, I think you are not just noticing, but appreciating more. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and also the more you know, the more you notice. And so by thinking about my senses, it really helps me to just pay attention to them more. Yeah. And some people might be thinking, I've heard this before, this is mindfulness or this is meditation. It's not quite that, right? Well, exactly. And many people do say that. And of course, there's the five, four, three, two, one meditation, which which focuses on the senses. And and I think some people could use uh, focusing on their senses as a way to do meditation. But I think, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of debate about what meditation is. Um, but I think if it is anything, it is an attempt to discipline the mind. And I would say, if anything, I'm too rigid, I'm overly disciplined, and I wanted a way to let my mind off the leash and to do something that felt free and fun and, you know, like recess. So I do not try to approach my senses in a, in, in a meditative way. I try to do it in a kind of loose, associative, kind of anything goes way. Not that that's the only way a person could do it, but that that's sort of what I needed to bring myself into balance, I guess, and how I wanted to tap into the power of my five senses. But the beauty of the five senses is that in no matter kind of what direction you're trying to go to make yourself happier, healthier, more productive or more creative, you can harness the five senses. So if you want to discipline your mind, you can use the five senses. If you want to let your mind off the leash, you can use the five senses. If you want to engage with other people, you can use the five senses. If you want to spark your creativity, you can use the five senses. If you want to give yourself more calm and more serenity, you can use the five senses. If you want to pump yourself up and give yourself more energy, you can use the five senses. Which is about anything that you're trying to change the five senses offer like very concrete, very manageable, kind of very satisfying ways to do that. And so I didn't, I felt like I needed recess. So that's what I was pursuing. Someone else might want to meditate. And for them, they would, you know, look at a flame or do the five, four, three, two, one meditation or whatever, or, or do a walking meditation, whatever it might be for them. Um, so there's, there's no, there's no right way or wrong way to tap into our five senses. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with distractions? 
with the five senses, well, well, one of the things is to really consider your sensory environment. And I think a lot of times, at least this is true for me, it's easy to be very passive about our sensory surroundings and not think about, okay, well, what is distracting me? And like, okay, maybe I'm sitting at a cluttered desk and so I have a lot of visual distractions. So if I just make things visually more orderly, even if I'm not actually organizing my stuff, if I just make it more visually orderly, Maybe that will help me to focus. Maybe there's a lot of extraneous sounds, like maybe I have notifications turned on mm. on my smartphone. Let me turn off the notifications so I'm not constantly distracted by like a beep or a buzz. Um, maybe there's something smelly in my environment, like maybe the refrigerator smells really bad, or maybe there's like the garbage bags that we use have some like scented you know, thing that I don't like for years, I realized our kitchen garbage bags, I, they had a, like a fresh, clean scent that I really didn't like, but I, it didn't occur to me, like, I'm buying this product. I could just buy one that doesn't have that <laughs> smell. It like, took me years to clue into that. Um, so a lot of times I think that we are not thinking like, like well, what, or even are my clothes too tight or too heavy or too scratchy? Is the, Am I being annoyed or distracted by a tag? Um, am I too hot? Am I too cold? Um, all these things um, by thinking about, well, how can I make my sensory surroundings more conducive to uh, to concentration? Well, and here's a great example. Um, when you are trying to concentrate, when you're trying to do like really intense thinking, do you prefer silence, a busy hum like in a coffee shop, music with words, music without words or white noise, brown noise, pink noise, green noise like a fan? What do, what do you like to use? Complete silence. Really... Complete me, silence. Me too. Me too. Or busy hum. <laughs> but, we, but I'm sure you know people yeah. who will listen to music. Who Some put the radio on. Incredible. They'll put the radio on. Some people listen. To, this blew my mind. Some people will listen to one song on a loop for <laughs> hours. And they feel like that helps them to concentrate. So again, it's not that one way is the best way or one way is the right way. It's that... Each of us has our own preferences. But when you say to yourself, well, look, you and I both work best in silence. How do we get ourselves to a place where we can get that silence, um, which may take a little bit of organization and planning um, to get us what we need? Because I think sometimes we, we sort of don't think about, well, what could I do? to eliminate whatever is distracting for me. And some people, by the way, are completely the opposite. I talked to someone who had to finish her PhD thesis and she went to a crowded uh, subway <laughs> station and worked there wow. because for her, that clamor helped her concentrate. So, you know, it's it's each of us has to figure that out for ourselves. So this is all quite personal though, right? This is all kind of about nurturing your own senses. How does it make the leap to actually helping you connect with others more? Because I know that's what you experienced. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, connecting with other people through the five senses, it, it's one of the, it's probably the most profound way to harness the five senses. Because in the end, what is the key to our happiness is our relationships to other people. And, and the five senses is a wonderful way to do it because it's something that we're sharing. You and I right now, we're either sharing an experience or we're, we're remembering an experience that we shared in, in this moment, um, the wonderful thing about the five senses, too, is like, and I think this is why so many experiences are billed as immersive, because if something is described as immersive, it sounds so compelling. You're like, oh, I want to go to that museum exhibit or I want to go to that store mm. because I want something immersive. But it's it can it can connect people of any age, um, of any of any interests, um, because we're all bringing our own senses to it. 
I heard a, for the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast, a listener sent us a great a great idea. After a big uh, holiday family meal, what they what they do instead of having like apple pie or cake or something, they buy all kinds of of those those really strange flavors of ice cream. You know, how there's all these like yeah, creamed yeah. corn ice cream. Yeah. They buy a bunch of this, but and nobody wants to get a have a whole serving of that because what if you don't like creamed mm-hmm. corn ice cream? But they buy all of those and then they just pass them around and everybody takes a few spoonfuls and then they talk about which ones are the best and which ones everybody likes and dislikes. And the wonderful thing about that is we're all sharing this experience. It's novelty, as you were saying earlier, um, but a three-year-old and a 93-year-old can both equally participate and enjoy that because it's something through the senses. Um, it's time for me to tell you, Gretchen, that my most neglected sense is touch. Ooh, and, you and... took the quiz. Okay. Well, did that ring true to you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. What would you like mm. to say to Because it's not just me. That I think that's one of our most neglected senses. What would you like to say to us non-touchers about how to reconnect with that uh, that sense? Well, it's interesting because some people who neglect the sense of touch say to me, well, I don't like touching people. I'm not a hugger. I don't I don't like I don't. But the fact is, there's no one right way to tap into a sense. And so think what's interesting is to say, well, given that you neglect it, what how can you imagine enjoying it more? So, for instance, um, would you could you imagine um thinking more about the textures like in your clothing or in your home, like with blankets or pillows or or plants with interesting textures, or um, when you're out in nature trying to touch leaves and moss and grass and bark, does that kind of thing, might that be interesting to you? Yeah, well, I, I do enjoy petting a cat, that's for sure. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. Petting animals. Um, how about with with uh like uh cooking can you imagine like yeah for um, sure making bread for sure. Where yeah definitely. very hands-on um very or like chopping vegetables peeling mm. things and really like thinking of shucking corn uh taking the shells off of hard-boiled eggs really appreciating how the sense of touch is involved nice one gretchen it's been so lovely to talk to you uh, thank you for this very timely reminder, and the new book is called Life in Five Senses, How Exploring the Senses Got Me Out of My Head and Into the World. Nice to talk to you, and that quiz of yours is linked on our website if people would like to do it. Wonderful. Thanks so much. I so enjoy talking to you.